0: Welcome to episode forty-two of the Wasting Time podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. I'm on the line with Nick. How's it going, my friend? It's going all right, man. As good as can be, I guess. How are you? I'm pretty used to this way of life at this point. I feel like there's a lot
1: going on in the world at the moment. In in well, in this world at the moment, seeing a hell of a lot of um, podcasts and. Uh, artists doing live shows at home and yeah it's all good stuff Yeah, have
0: you seen anything that's that's um i guess that you've enjoyed in that in that sense uh one thing that i saw i think it was this week that i thought was very cool was uh goldfinger did another kind of quarantine live performance yes well you know when they do all their tracks separately obviously and they did um the song "Get What You Need," which was like a more of a scar sounding song off their last album, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorites. So, I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Do you, are they recording them as separate tracks? Then, is that how they're doing it? I, just... think, I think, I think,
0: was... I think, I think they must be. Yeah, surely.
1: Yeah, I was watching that um, that that post Malone thing that that he did with Travis Barker doing oh, like the, the Nirvana, Nirvana set. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched like ten minutes the other day, and that seemed like they were like recording it live I only watched about 10 minutes of it because it was absolutely horrific, but, <laughs> well, <it's> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they seemed like they were hooked up to some form of live feed, but yeah, oh, right. okay. uh, but when you watch the Golf thing go on, you, you, you kind of, you do think that it's kind of so, so well
0: put together that it's, done separately and then we should uh, let's get let's try and get one of them on this show whether that's uh mike returning or one of the other guys who's never been on before that'd be i think that'd be a good guest to have
1: yeah that Jared guy seems to be doing for of soup seems to do and be doing
0: absolute shitload he does do you see he does his tuesday night chats with frank turner as well yeah yeah that's that's how i kind of started to... oh, i see yeah um, get visibility of what he was doing, but yeah, he seems pretty active at the moment. This is something I was just going to say. There on the subject of Goldfinger. I think uh, they're doing a, a new album because Feldman keeps posting clips of him working with Travis Barker, like right. over the last couple of weeks, and like you can hear, like the music sounds very um, Goldfinger cliche pop punk, uh, in a good way. Or just like studio clips? Yeah, studio clips. But like Travis actually being at the studio with him, right? But uh, yeah, if you look at Feldman's Instagram, it's a, there's a couple of them.
1: I did see, um, I did see um, Vinny, one of our previous guests, has been doing kind of live, live shows on stage. It is it is it called? Yeah, I think oh, uh, well. I've
0: seen Tony Lovato and the Dolly Rocks using that too.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah I keep meaning to check them out, but I don't know what times they because they're, they're like live shows and you have to kind of pay a donation to yeah, to watch, yeah, and it doesn't yeah. look like they're you can pay for like a like a replayed version of it for more oh detail. really oh okay um okay. i went on this yeah I was, he posted a set list yesterday of kind of the show he'd done on there um, and it was just all a load of good movie life tracks that i oh, love so, oh yeah you it. Um, i was like having a little having a look to see how i could kind of go back and watch it but didn't seem to have that
0: option right Maybe it needs a bit more a bit more research. And i'm fine do you find with the current state of affairs that you're able to stay on top of the podcast you listen to or are you finding it harder to keep up because i'm i'm finding it a b- bit of a challenge to be honest i'm just about managing it but it's because i'm not commuting to work which is mm. or and often at work i'll listen to podcasts a lot
1: yeah i guess so um i mean i'm just usually in the car I'm, and the way it works it doesn't really change anything for me it's not something i listen to in the car because my my commute is such a short short right. distance yeah yeah sure. Um, so dog walks and kind of when I'm in the kitchen, am I? Uh, am, you know, it's my time to to get on the podcast. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm still still keeping across them um, as much as I can. Um, but I'm just really busy with work at the moment as well, which is kind right. of yeah, a bit of a blocker on that. But yeah, um, yeah, i have not been too bad.
0: Should we discuss some of this new music that's come out in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> We can try if I've listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so th- there's, there's some things that I know you have. Um, so let's start with the obvious one. How good was that uh, Machine Gun Kelly song? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I really, really like the sound of it. Yeah, I keep listening to it. It makes me uh, <coughs> uh, really, really look forward to that, the, the, the full length. Um, his, his singing voice is just so good, I think.
1: Yeah, it's got a really, I think, unique sound, doesn't he? And, um, you know, I've never given his, his rap rap music much time of day yeah um but i i did end up getting you know checked out that, that song yesterday and obviously had a listen to that that track he did with young blood that, that i guess we both really liked yeah um, and ended up kind of um dipping into some of his other other bits that he's doing at the moment whilst kind of on lockdown just, oh, just yeah. done some like kind of rappy hip-hop tracks did um, you like any of it where he, yeah, well, you know, it's not my, you know, it's not, not really my thing, but yeah. you know, just to hear him rap and he, within whilst he's doing it, he's transitioning into like, um, you know, kind of a harmony and, and singing and, you know, he's you know, clearly, um, you a very talented guy. And, um, I, yeah, I just think he's got a, a, a really great, interesting voice. And, um, I think that collaboration with, with Barker is just, um, like, really works worked for him, I guess, really. yeah. I think you see Barker going in in the direction, and he does a lot of... Uh, in the direction of the kind of hip-hop rap world, doesn't he? And he does a lot of um, collaborations there, and, you know, that's that's fine. You know, he goes and does his, his drum thing um, on these... You know, with these artists, but actually kind of him bringing um, Machine Gun Kelly in the other direction, I think, is just, yeah, perfect. And yeah, yeah. I think you definitely important. hear... The kind of more recent Blink influences as well in in that in that track, yeah, massively. Um, but you didn't hear—I don't think you heard as much in the I Think I'm Okay single. Yeah, interesting to see how that plays out as as a you know as a record as a whole. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you anyway, know, it's interesting that you, you you hear that kind of a lot of that kind of that, that Blink synth that you got in those last few records, and where that's come from, and and you know, I, I guess has Barker. Been, been a contributor to that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So
0: obviously, I don't, I don't think it was. I don't know who produced, produced it. No, I don't know. I'd like to know more, to be honest. Because I saw like when Alt Press tweeted about it, they just said Machine Gun Kelly's forthcoming pop punk album that's produced by Travis Barker, but I don't know if that's right. accurate or not. You know?
1: No, but, brilliant. We're looking forward to that. Yeah, um, definitely. Be interesting to see if that Think I'm Okay is on the record as well. Yeah, hopefully it will be because it would fit I know he was yeah, he was doing more work with Young Blood. Um, yeah, in the studio, uh, in, the, in the kind of the writing and yeah, recording of it. He was posting clips, wasn't he, of
0: Young Blood in the studio with him. Did you see that Young Blood was on that um, BBC kind of charity Foo Fighters cover? With, no. with all like all the sort of current pop artists you know the biggest in the world uh, like, right. which obviously <laughs> included young blood at this point uh, right. I, I didn't give it the time of the day personally because to say i'm not a foo fighters guy is an understatement you know but i th- I thought it was interesting that he was on that
1: bobby Grohl would be very
0: disappointed <laughs> bobby Grohl, um for the list for the listener is is an old friend of ours who's in elvana who uh a successful Elvis-fronted uh, Nirvana cover band. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't approve, but he he's he's well aware of my feelings on Nirvana and Foo Fighters, so just it true. wouldn't be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's no secret. <laughs> Actually, on the subject of Bobby Grohl, I spoke to him yesterday because this was another well sort of release. But you would have seen from our Instagram that I posted that uh, my old band re-released. R.E.P. and that he was he was texting me about that just saying how much he loved it so yeah, I have to thank him for that so what 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 um how did the re-release come about that i just did it myself just because we got the rights back eventually from the label that went bust and um i'm still proud of it so i wanted it to be kind of out there in the world so i just you know did a distro kid release and it's good to sit up on all platforms again hey, uh, that's spine yes, yes man death of denmark yeah in fact it it's funny um so that podcast who, who we talk to sometimes, and they they featured me on when they did a guest episode of people from other podcasts and people from other bands talking about lockdown records to listen to. Uh, the podcast Growing Up Punk, uh, they were very nice about it on Twitter yesterday, and they've even invited me on for like a bonus episode just to talk about what we were, what we were doing in Spineless Yesmen and also just a, a more general chat about having like authentic accents in, in punk music, which, which is really cool of them. Don't know that you would have seen this, but, um, John from disconnect disconnect records released a band called the sewer rats who i would never heard of before. They're a German. Sounds like a nice name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'd recommend you check this out, mate. They're a German okay. band, um, kind of like on the more kind of gruff vocal kind of side of things, but the songs are very poppy and it's a, it's a fun listen. Um, okay. the the album's called magic summer so look out for that um something that you and i discussed earlier in the week our last guest frank turner put out a new album in your hometown like live in newcastle yeah i still haven't checked out yet but um yeah be yeah stick that on probably later actually yeah definitely definitely add it to your music it's 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 really well done and like you know stripped down versions of the songs that really that really work and like and he tells stories, you know, as, as the introductions and stuff. Um, cool, yeah, so oh, it's, okay. it's really get, good. Cut that on when I'm making dinner later. So there was one album last week that came out that that I was really impressed with, but you were less enthusiastic about, which is a band who are making some waves called City Mouth, um, kind of like a pop punk synth kind of thing, wasn't so it? You you weren't feeling it though, were you? Not really, no, no. I think
1: you've. You've already described why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... Pop punk synth isn't really, really my thing.
0: Yeah, but if I, I kind, to me it kind of felt like a pop punk version of Bleachers, and that on paper is sounds amazing to me, and it, it kind of, I felt like it had that vibe a little bit. I think that's why I really liked it. Fair enough. Um, any, any other releases that I haven't touched upon that. There was the u- the used as well, wasn't there? Oh yeah, the yeah.
1: No, I need to go back and revisit that because um, I quite enjoyed what, what I'd what I'd heard. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Was sounded very classic. Used, I think, as well. It you know? Yeah, yeah. they changed too much, which I, I, I think you know think is a good thing. But yeah, talking about Youngblood, actually, I was speaking to one of my, one of my one of my mates the other day and saying how kind of Youngblood kind of reminds you a little bit of a. A young Bert mccracken actually oh yeah his voice yeah yeah kind of way you know the way he sings and uses his voice but yeah um I need to, yeah give that a, a bit more of a listen but definitely showed some promise um i don't know really what's going to happen now as well with kind of releasing music i think i guess is is this you know where we are at the moment the opportunity for for artists to re- you know to be releasing more and doing you know being more aggressive with um you know kind of their their writing and recording and releasing music you know with with the lack of live
0: because we're we're seeing examples of that like we were just discussing but like as as we'll discuss further on in this show um like with the guests we talk about you know they they've put their they don't know when they're releasing their album because of what's going on and i I obviously mentioned that you know newfound glory have put their album back a month or whatever
2: yeah,
1: I think the reality is live shows are going to be, um, there's, you know, there's isn't going to be any of that. I think all these when when you know when we talk we talked about all these festivals and tours getting, um, well, I say cancelled, but like postponed and new dates booked for kind of later in the year. Yeah, you know, I think the the reality is that you know that that that, that might not be happening either. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I think you know we'll come see things. Think see things change in terms of our, I, I guess, the, the figures and numbers coming down or, or slowing and what have you. But, um, you know, I don't think that everything will be lifted at once, and I think it'll be the likes of you know those big gatherings that probably will be, be, um, I guess, still blocked. Yeah, yeah I
2: don't I know, see we'll see. That. Yeah,
1: we'll see. I, I guess you know, I, I guess the 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 world we live in now—it's quite easy, isn't it, for artists on uh, bands to be able to to record and write remotely, and that's uh, true. You know, get tracks sent over to you know a uh, mixing engineer to kind of pull it all together, and you know, it's definitely definitely doable.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Shall we um, get into today's interview? Sounds good um so this week we had ty vaughan who's the front man of broadway calls who are a band out of oregon who've kind of they've been around since the mid 2000s and they started touring over in the uk around 08 09, and they're on a lot of cool tours at that time and i remember seeing them a couple of times and really getting into them because they you know they're really good songwriters um but they've they've been they've been quiet for the last few years and they and they've come back this year with some new music and they've got a new album out late at some point this year which which you'll hear us discussing obviously it was really cool to to have some of ty's time yeah and um, i guess we we're supposed to be supposed to be seeing
1: them in uh yeah manchester last yeah, uh, as
0: well uh, when We, when we it. <laughs> absolutely as you'll hear us mention a few times this this interview was originally supposed to be done in person when along with a few others at, at manchester punk festival anyway here it is okay so today we are joined by ty vaughan of the band broadway calls how's it going man it's going real good how are you yeah i think i think we're we're both doing okay
3: it's just the same. I think it's probably the same for everybody right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know is if that... you guys are just stuck inside all the time.
0: I'm yeah, we're sure. on pretty, I
1: guess, strict measures now. I guess um, we've been on a kind of lockdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, for about four weeks, four weeks now. So yeah, it's kind of pretty normal, I guess, really. <laughs> so what I mean, obviously, we hear we're hearing all the craziness coming out the White House over here, but um, what's what's things like for you, kind of locally, and is Oregon? Oregon right
3: yeah yeah I'm in Oregon I live in a county just outside of Portland and once you get outside of Portland it gets really different it gets really rural and uh and so it's kind of on a county by county basis what I understand it like the people that make the decisions for our health yeah the west coast seems to have it handled uh compared to some other states so uh a lot of, you know, everybody I know has just lost their jobs because everybody I know works in a bar or a venue or something like that or a restaurant. Yeah. And uh, so everybody's just kind of hanging out and waiting to... Waiting. It's a weird spring.
1: So how, how are you holding out then? What's your what's your kind of
3: situation? Just you and the dog or you, you've got family with you? Or? Yeah, no, it's me and my wife and I are here and we are... Um, we just have... A dog, two cats, and three rabbits. So we're pretty. Uh, oh, nice. We're pretty. Pretty. We got a good house going. Yeah.
1: Are you you managing to get everything you need, kind of food and stuff like that. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we got. Through we got masks. That's like the only, actually, the only assistance we've seen from our government so far is uh, food, like food, like st- basically we call them food stamps or whatever. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I don't know if yeah, you have so. that. But um, I would assume that you guys are getting a lot more help from your government than we
0: are. <laughs> we you are. say that ours isn't exactly fantastic. Well, it's <laughs> yeah, certainly, in okay. my uh, and uh, uh, Nick's opinion, I would say <laughs> it's like a yeah. grass
3: is greener thing, you know.
0: I, get, I mean, me, Chris and I are both quite fortunate, um,
1: and we we're both, we can both kind of still work, and we, we we can work from home and stuff like that. But um, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of people losing their jobs, so. I guess a lot of self-employed people and like you say bar bar workers and, and what have you, uh, um, right. pretty heavily impacted. And obviously our healthcare system's pretty, uh, under quite a lot of strain at the moment. Um, but yeah, I guess we're just doing what we can and you know, hopefully
0: get up, get out the back of this before long yeah yeah fingers fingers crossed for that what, what what is it um you do outside of music ty do do you have like a, a regular job these days
3: yeah i did up until this hit i was working right. in, in this really cool just um in portland there's a lot of food carts you know like they're just like yeah. little trailers and and there was uh i worked in this really awesome food wood-fired pizza cart that was run by this great guy mm-hmm. who uh did everything he could to help all of his employees as soon as everything went down. So, um, you know, he's kind of in the same boat as we are and it's just a very small business. There's only four of us working there. So it's like, uh, we just kind of wait and see what happens. You know,
1: what what about the rest of the guys? What what, what are their kind of situations these days?
3: Yeah. Josh is, uh, he lives like way out in the mountains. <laughs> he, he has a great <laughs> situation. He has his family out there and they, uh, they're pretty, they're pretty good they um he's setting up a home recording studio in his garage so he can uh start working on demos and stuff out there um so he's pretty he's pretty happy and uh adam same thing he he's been he's a construction worker usually so he Mm -hmm. uh he's kind of he's kind of still working it kind of they they let him know on a daily basis what what's going on so
0: we should be doing this in person right now um yeah. which thank thank you firstly to agreeing to do that and then obviously thank you for, for doing it this way but yeah such a shame like um obviously we should all be having a blast in, in Manchester right now um
3: yeah yeah,
1: yeah. well did you do you have much did you have much else booked up over the kind of um the kind of spring spring summer summer time
3: we had a couple shows with nerf herder in the northwest over here that we were going to play that was at the end of march and those were the first shows to get canceled for us um that was uh that was just a weekend with them in portland and seattle and then and then the next thing we had going was the european flatliners tour and yeah we would have been at manchester punk festival this weekend and uh it would have been awesome (laughs) and it was already sold out you know like we were really looking forward to that fest we were actually that's kind of how we first started talking about coming back to
0: doing a european tour it's right through manchester punk festival so Uh, i see Oh man, it's such a shame, and 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 I mean for us as well because it it's something that we've always talked about doing with the show. Let's let's go to Manchester, you know, one of these years, and we'll do you know as many interviews as we can that weekend. And then we got it together this year, and then obviously it wasn't to be. But I guess it's, yeah, guess it's, 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 it's a shame. I see we we see all the the other festivals,
1: kind of rock and punk rock festivals, going on over here. They're kind of being rescheduled for the back end of back end of the summer. Whether that happens or not, I'm not I'm not sure, but. I guess with Manchester Punkfest being more more on the DIY side, I think, you know, they've I mean they put a bit of a press release out, didn't they, to say that it just they just wouldn't be able to get it back on back on the road again. So maybe yeah. in a couple of years time hopefully we can
3: uh... Yeah, yeah, I think it'll they it seems like they have a really good team. Like they obviously had their shit together like yeah. you know, before this. So I think that they'll be able to make it happen again if they want to, hopefully.
0: Yeah, cool. yeah yeah for sure what uh what did what did you have lined up after you were gonna be done with the flatliners um was it was it getting that would we be getting into like record release territory after that yeah
3: yeah pretty much i mean as of now the plan is to put our record out in july on red scare records or red yeah. scare. and uh yeah and uh they you know that's still kind of up in the air <laughs> but i <laughs> right. think it's i think it's gonna happen it's um but we didn't have we we it's hard to make plans right now you know so yeah, we have yeah. some stuff that we are crossing our fingers about but we can't really you know can't really depend on what's going to happen i don't really know i think the record comes out in july that's pretty much <laughs> where we're at okay. right now so yeah.
0: so is is it basically a case of you know, if you're not able to do, I don't know, whatever it is you have planned, like some shows around the release, then it kind of doesn't make sense to do the release at that time. It makes sense to put it back because like, I noticed, like, uh, I think it was Newfound Glory did that last, like, they had a record coming out next month and they were just like, we're going to put this back two months or whatever. So it's oh, that yeah. going to be like a, do you think that'll be like a common thing that'll, you know, if the longer this this thing goes on?
3: It's hard to say. I, I hope not because in a way, you know, people still need, people still want the records it's something you can of enjoy at home and uh i i want the record out you know really bad i don't want to i don't want to hold it on hold on to it for another few months we recorded it um the first week of december and we're all so happy with it so i don't know it's we're just kind of itching to get it out and
0: i think <laughs> You know, I don't know if you know Toby at Red Scare, but he's really cool and easy to work with. Yeah, not not personally, but I I always hear good things about him. I you know I've, I've had like Sam Russo who's worked with him before on our show before, and he always sings his praises. I think we were talking to the men singers, and they were saying about their great relationship with him. So yeah, people are always very positive about that guy. Definitely, yeah, yeah. He's
3: a uh, he's somebody I can you know we can just like call whenever I have a question about whenever my anxiety gets going about the record right. release so i can hit him up and be like hey man is everything still on track do we need to revise any plans and he's usually been i mean he's always been really cool so
0: oh, Who, who'd you record it with
3: recorded with scott goodrich down at Newtone studios in pittsburgh california which is very far east bay california okay. and um and uh it's where we did our first record, and it's um, always been one of those studios that uh, felt like home to us. You know, we did our we we recorded there in our old hardcore band before Broadway Calls was even a band. So, um, yeah, we you know it, we're comfortable there. And then Scott is a, somebody we knew from the very very early days of Broadway Calls, and we've watched him get into engineering and recording and we've heard the stuff that he's produced i mean he did that peach record by culture abuse that came out a couple years ago and that's what really solidified it for us like damn scott knows what he's doing this is awesome so we have a really good friend that works at this killer studio so it just made sense you know not
0: not so long ago put out the first single meet me on the moon right uh which is obviously available wherever you get your music um totally yeah sounds good and and obviously the the so the the record's called S- uh sad in the city right correct yeah you, you can see like on youtube like there's you doing some live sessions so you playing that song a couple of years ago so presumably mm-hmm. you've had that song around for a little while um which is a catchy little number it's certainly what i want from a broadway cause song so i'm looking oh, forward to hearing you. that song recorded
3: we wrote this record in like batches of like three or four songs and okay. um and that was from the first batch for sure like and then we recorded those with at Bridge City Sessions, which is a Portland yeah. thing where they film you and uh, record you. And it was kind of our way of demoing those songs also. Yeah. And yeah. it was our first new songs in a few years. So um, So we went back to them for our second batch of demos also. We didn't film it and put it online. It was just really, that, that was uh, just for Toby to hear. And then that Actually, was when we started yeah. talking to Red Scare. Um, was when we wrote our second batch of songs for the record and we knew we were going to make a record. That was really when we started talking, um, and getting serious about it. So, and that was probably two years ago at this point. So, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. When did you get it all wrapped up? Then is it quite, we were writing
3: all the way up until we went into the studio. Um, we write really, really slowly and we were pretty picky about what we do. And, uh, But we went in studio the day after Thanksgiving over here, which is the last weekend of November. And Mm -hmm. um, and I think our last song, I mean, we were still writing musical parts and stuff while we were in the studio. So we were kind of going last minute. But it was all three of us really. uh, Every practice, which was nice. You know, it was a very full band record writing experience
0: the way we normally do these things is like we kind of obviously take it back to the start and go through the career so like um if it's okay like can I do that a little bit with you guys because there's just a few questions I want to ask uh you know different point different points in the life of of Broadway cause um I guess I I just like starting with asking like what the scene was like in Oregon in the mid 2000s and like what made you want to switch from doing like hardcore music to the sort of pop punk sounds really
3: yeah that's a great question um and i love remembering that time alive because we were yeah we were doing this band called countdown to life and it was like a kind of a heavier hardcore band um and we we did one full u.s tour we, we hit the west coast a lot in during that time um like between 2000 and 2003 you know okay. and uh and then we did, like, one full U.S. tour with this band called Where Eagles Dare from Arizona. They were a killer. And uh, it was pretty obvious after that, though, that we couldn't really continue the way we wanted to. Um, all four of us, the way we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, <laughs> we had just got this van that we needed to pay for. And Josh and I did not want to stop touring. And... Uh, so we asked Adam if he could play bass for us in this new band that we were going to start. Yeah. And, uh, Adam couldn't do it at the time. So Matt our roadie, he became our bass player. And then, yeah. um, and now <laughs> Adam's back in it, but like at the, at the time we were, we just kept going. We just started Broadway calls as a side project because, uh, we just wanted to not stop. Uh, we didn't really think it was going to be the main band. I always okay. considered Countdown to Life to be the main band for at least like a year or two after Bobby Call started. I was still. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and then, and then I kind of just finally gave in to the the fact that Countdown wasn't really a band anymore. And okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So
1: what was what was the driver between like the change in in style? I guess a little bit. Then was that. Uh, did that just happen naturally or did you like consciously say right this band's going to be you know going to write slightly different kind of style of music
3: yeah it was definitely both i'd say because this is the kind of music that i listen to mostly i would say you know bands like especially at the time it was bands like Alkaline trio and None more black and Lawrence arms constant rotation in the van even though we were you know playing hardcore music and uh, right. and so I was like, okay, well, I know how to write this kind of stuff because we had been in, you know, popier punk bands in high school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I had yeah. never really I had never really written lyrics that I was serious about or anything. And uh, I didn't write any of the lyrics in the hardcore in Countdown. And so um, that was new. And once we started getting going with that, it started to get a little more comfortable. And we were only playing shows with hardcore bands. So... Um, That kind of helped us stand out, I think, on the West Coast when we first started out, Because those are the only people we knew were those bands to play with. And so we got on those shows and uh, quickly realized that, you know, (laughs) kids that listen to hardcore still like melody and stuff like that. So (laughs) uh, it was nice. Yeah.
1: Cool. So, I mean, I guess fast forward on then. and When did that kind of start to really kind of pick up pick up steam and, and develop into kind of something that actually, you know, right, right this is quite a, quite a big deal now and, you know, became more of a bit of a serious and a full-time thing for you?
3: After we made our first record, probably, after we made the full, first full-length, um, mm-hmm. and we just kept booking tours. And then um, eventually it was a weird kind of... Fairy tale bullshit thing where <laughs> some kid that worked at adeline records saw us play at a house show in la and yeah. bought a cd and played it in the office you know and then they heard it and we got we got somebody reached out to us you know and that's when that's when we got our first booking agent and stuff like that and that's when we started to really tour a lot you
0: know. Okay. What were some of the st- standout tours from that time?
3: Um, that was so. That was probably that was going into 2008 when Adeline put our record out, and so we did yeah. Warped for that summer, which was hard, and we, but it was still something we had always wanted to do. You know, it was like a just cross it off the list, and um, and it was it was cool. I got to watch Against Me. and The Bronx, and every time I die, every day you know and yeah that was, nice. that was great but um it still felt like a job you know it was <laughs> it was rough and and that was cool um we got to our first time ever going to mainland europe was with alkaline trio uh mm-hmm. that was a dream come true you know they're one of my favorite bands still still are
0: uh, so was that that tour when oh what was that other band on it the was that when it was with the audition in alkaline trio because i remember seeing you guys at uh coco in london with with those two bands was that that same tour
3: yep yeah that was that tour yeah that was uh 2000 that was the beginning of 2009 thousand nine, I'm pretty sure yeah yeah and, uh, that's correct so yeah that was awesome and we had been to england before for a couple of weeks but that was our first time doing like a four-week european tour like western europe tour you know and it was with one of my favorite bands so that was yeah that was a standout for sure yeah but we did come <laughs> we were there a lot during that time i think we we were there in 2008 and then i think we came back three times in 2009 well Uh, we did the the trio tour early in the year and then we came back and did that Reading and Leeds festival and some dates with the offspring and rival schools and polar bear club and like all kinds of weird bounce you know you're just like bouncing around playing these weird small shows and stuff and then or and huge shows and then, uh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
3: But it's different from day to day, you know, around the festivals. And then, like, I think, oh yeah, then we came back with set your goals and fireworks at the end of the year. So that was a busy one for us, for sure.
1: Actually, in Europe more than the US. <laughs> so, yeah, so weird.
3: we were definitely trying to like focus on that. I think you know, just trying to make it happen. We had, <laughs> we were so excited just to be able to go overseas. I think.
0: And um, so I, I assume it's around this time that you kind of struck up your kind of relationship with like Kingston and Banquet Records, and I assume John <clears> Tully <throat> was involved in that.
3: Absolutely, yeah, he was. Uh, Banquet was always so cool to us when we came over there from the very first time we we stepped foot over there. Um, that during that was when we played that Give It a Name Fest in 2008, and uh, yeah. and we were on tour with all time low and Cobra Star, which is like the weirdest fucking tour. But uh and it that, was that, really that's weird.
0: that's an unusual lineup for you to be on. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And we, that was the first tour we'd ever done where it was like, okay, you're gonna go do this. You have no idea who these people are, you're not friends with them beforehand. You know, like before yeah. before that tour, we had pretty much only tour with friends, you know? So that one was it. that was crazy. Um it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, like you know, it was just like uh, totally different to anything else we had ever experienced, you know. Um, and that was our first time over in England. That was two thousand eight. Um, okay. So I don't know, it's 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 weird to have been there so much and then <laughs> we haven't been back in a long since two thousand thirteen, I think, at this point.
1: I was gonna say I see alkalina kind of starting to kinda of to drill up um i'd well do some shows again now i saw they were they were announced for slam dunk maybe there's uh maybe there's a tour around the corner with a with a with a with a slot with broadway's name on it
3: oh that'd be awesome. yeah <laughs> that'd, that'd be, be great. great yeah i love that man i i'm always excited whenever they do new music especially since matt's so busy
0: with blink yeah of course so. yeah 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 um i was just going to say before on the subject of banquet records if you have you seen how much they've they've grown now, Ty? Like, it's just, it's crazy, like how big the music scene in Kingston is because of them. And not just for, for this kind of music, just like any big pop artist, when they're doing promotional work in London, they have to go and do an acoustic set that's put on by Banquet Records. It's insane.
3: Yeah, I have. I follow John and uh, and Banquet on Twitter, and I, I've seen the stuff that they've been promoting over the past few years. and uh, And yeah, it's... It's crazy because, um, you know, it was just like this small record store when we were over there. And they put on killer shows at nighttime, you know, and stuff. But, yeah, it's very, very cool. And that's what's so strange is we haven't been there to see that at all. So I'm excited to go back someday to (laughs) someday. Yeah, 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 definitely. (laughs) Yeah, Kingston's always been rad. Uh, That's always been, like, the place for us whenever we hit the uk um great. it's like oh yeah we can play london it's going to be awesome and then we're going to play kingston it's going to be like guaranteed fun you know
0: yeah it's a great place i'm i'm, I'm currently trying to persuade my fiance that it's where she, we should move to after we get married um oh yeah just cause, yeah yeah because uh i just think it's a great place to be is she not king for, for multiple reasons no i think i think she's 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 open to she's it open. but you know yeah we're looking at several places yeah
3: it's uh it's cool i, I um it's is it like considered part of do you guys consider it part of london
0: or is it like something i i think technically yes because it's still <laughs> it's like zone 6 of london so it's still technically one of the boroughs but it's not really london it's basically a town out you know on the outskirts of london really isn't it but i suppose technically it's part of london gotcha if it gets if it gets
1: the wife to move there then then let's call, we can call it london that's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: we miss Banquet and they've always been really fucking cool to us. So can't wait to see them again.
0: Yeah, and we, we we can't
3: wait to see you over that way.
0: Hopefully when I'm living there. Um Nick, what were you gonna say? Sorry.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna kinda of take it back, I guess, a little bit again. Um just kind of past those 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 introductions to European tours and kind of um I guess moving on with the progression of um probably cause really and kind of what what was the next the next thing after those those, those crazy touring days, I
3: guess. Yeah. I guess after that it was time to make our next record. I remember um I remember we were we were in like the in the stress of of second record mode while we were on the alkaline trio tour you know like in the in the stress of riding um, yeah. and uh we had met the sidewan dummy people when we were doing warp tour in
0: two thousand eight Yeah, it's like J- Joe and... Bill, I think the other guys.
3: yeah, yeah, Bill and we we, we they were we did Warp Tour, you know, and they have they're very active on that. They they were the ones that did like the Warp Tour compilations and yeah, yeah, title well, of w. course, yeah, yeah. Of and um and so we kind of be you know we became friends with the people that worked for them out on the tour, and uh, mm-hmm. and then Joe came and saw us one night in San Francisco, um and it was a really really weird night i mean he lives in la he came up to san francisco he watched us and fake problems in the same night at different venues Uh, oh wow (laughs) yeah we were playing different shows like down the street from each other he like yeah i think the story is that he signed us both that night but okay okay (laughs) he he was bouncing down between the shows and uh and so we made that record um that and that was that was when we got introduced to like bill stevenson um, was through the Sidewind Dummy people and started recording in the okay. blasting room.
0: Yeah. yeah, what was what was that like working with a legend like that?
3: <laughs> that was I. I was um, not open to it at first. Honestly, I, I was. Really? I, I wanted to go record with Willie at Newtone where we did our first record, and um, and the Sidewind Dummy. You know, they they were like, "Hey, we want we want to we think this is a good idea." Obviously, it was, you know, <laughs> and and I was just really territorial about songs and songwriting. i never we had never worked with a producer before. Um, I didn't know how that was going to go. Um, yeah, right. Even though Bill's, a, you know, he I, I do consider him a musical genius, and I, it only took me a few days to really understand that. Um, hanging out with him, and we were really lucky to to be able to do that because uh, I I think he made. You know, he helped us make those those songs way better. Um, and he's mm-hmm. really good at what he does. And so, uh, yeah, that was crazy. Could be a little work with him. We we went there for three weeks, I think. And yeah, three weeks for that first record on side One. And uh, <laughs> you're just living there with this guy who uh, has made all these legendary records. And it's it was a crazy experience. And to be able to go back... A second time and do it um, was crazy a few years later because we didn't have the, any label support at the time and he was just bill was just that cool to us like he hooked us up and he uh, and he's like no come out and record we're gonna make another record and um, and we'll deal with the money in the budget another time you know
1: and what? so you weren't with side one at that at that point then when you went in with him
3: a second time not for the second one no no we were supposed to be and then uh, it just fell through and so we
0: Did, was it kind of a bit of a, a a sour end with side one dummy
3: it was sudden for sure it was definitely sudden okay. and unexpected yeah um and and it was you know honestly what it came down to is just a big communication breakdown um and it it was a communication breakdown amongst people that worked at the label and us you know so it was uh different messages going to different people so it was which is a bummer but um it's fine we ended up making another record yeah, we we stayed on schedule basically we were just 2 weeks out of going into the studio and we found out we didn't have a label anymore um and that was that was the hard part and that was uh when we were scrambling so we
1: sh- were you still touring pretty heavy, heavy at the time or
3: we were, we were trying to, um, we were, that was 2012 at that point when we got to our second record with Bill. And, uh, yeah, we had done some stuff in like 2011 and, and, uh, I think it was after it was at that point when we lost side one and, um, when we went in to make our third record that we were kind of in this weird spot where we we didn't know what was going to happen next. And, uh, and that's when we ended up with No Sleep because No Sleep yeah. was this, this like new West Coast label that was killing it. And uh, so we reached out to them see if they have any interest in putting out the record and so they put out comfort distraction for us
0: Well, who were they killing it with at the time was it bands like mixtapes and major league i remember being on that label if i'm not mistaken was Was, was there anyone else on...
3: i thought they had done some stuff with like two Feet and more back in the day and, oh okay uh, yeah yeah you
0: know like like
3: some over like friends like on the west coast
0: um okay because we used
3: to play, play shows with them and stuff like that right. and uh yeah and actually we we had known the mixtapes people for a while before uh we were ever you know associated with them um through no sleep when we put out that split um it just made sense you know that was kind of one of the one of the bands that we were like oh yeah if they, if they have a sound that we can
0: you know we can do that on no sleep so we obviously we've got the splits and the toxic kids ep and stuff but just just looking at the four lamps. Which what like how how do they how do they hold up to you after you know obviously it's been a few years since all of them and like which ones do you like the best and for what reasons
3: yeah that that one's uh, that one's tough I I mean honestly our new record that we just got done making I know this uh, sounds pretty cliche but it, it is uh, <laughs> you're, it is you're obliged
1: shit. to say that yeah
3: <laughs> it's, it, it's definitely the best shit we've ever done and I think we right. we think of that because we we didn't work with a producer this time and we we used all the tricks that we learned from working with Bill and from just writing songs you know over the years and learning about um, what makes a better pop two or three minute pop song you know and sure. uh, and Josh got really into uh, studying songwriting. He started another band while we were, down these past few years. Um he started a country band called Wonderly Road. Oh right. I, I didn't think, know that. Okay. I think, yeah, I think they might have uh they have to have at least one song on Spotify and out there on YouTube, you know.
1: Um, Chris has got a soft spot for country music, haven't he? I do like
0: and it. And it's country... really good.
3: Yeah what, they would
0: great... you say they were called ty sorry?
3: They're called Wonderly Road. Wonderly Road, okay. Wonderly Road, yeah. And they uh they have a whole record finished. And it's really good. It's just not out anywhere yet. And I don't know when, when that's going to happen, but um, it will someday because it's killer. And they spent a lot of time on it. But the fact that Josh and Adam, um, Adam's in One Road also. He plays bass in that oh, band, is too. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, so um, I don't know. The fact that Josh is more focused on songwriting r- really helped me uh, when I, you know, would bring ideas to practice, we would get songs nailed down a lot quicker than we used to, you know, um, because he had, he has this, uh, just a different approach to songwriting than I do. And uh, it's great. This, this record has been great. The last, <laughs> the last three records, I don't know. It's hard to, I can't, I can't say which one's my favorite, honestly. It's just, uh, I like Comfort Distraction a lot. I think it doesn't really, get as much love as as our other ones and i think it's just because of the timing that we put it out um right i think that the the songs on it are some of my favorite songs to play and uh and i think it's some of the best stuff we've ever put out yeah yeah cool. like
0: songs i feel like songs like lucky lighter could be just like a, a big hit like at least within the our world you know and uh thank you I yeah
3: back. i I, think I like that song too we play that one almost every show and it's makes a fun sense.
0: one. yeah 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 i like the simplicity of it you know which i mean obviously in a good way um yeah i just think it's a really good pop song thank you it's funny like in the in the build up to talking to you like um for me as well like revisiting some of your stuff that i maybe haven't listened to for a while like even the 2009 record like just some some of the songs on that i'd forgotten about like um, yeah, it's been really fun to to revisit it and like yeah i guess that's why i asked it just because i was curious as 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 the actual artist how it feels hearing those songs again you know songs like election night bloody hell that seems like another lifetime ago
3: <laughs> yeah it does it really does Yeah, <laughs> a, pos- um,
0: a positive song about election night you can't imagine that now hmm. you know <laughs> i
3: know i know uh yeah when we when we started working with red scare and they agreed to re-released digitally our first record because um, it had been you can it wasn't on spotify it wasn't on any anything once adeline closed down it was gone and um um so i hadn't really listened to those songs until for a long, long time until we yeah started talking to red scare and uh yeah it's cool it's it was it's when i hear that i just think about where we were in 2006 and how sure things were just totally different back then and uh that was a cool experience making that record for sure i loved i loved that first record i can see why um i can see why people still hold some of those songs close you know because it was just a time and a place it was very yeah, yeah. very mid mid 2000s uh <laughs> right.
0: california fun tour shit you know <laughs> yeah 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 tunes like back to oregon i feel like that that got a lot of people into your band I think that was that was the introductory song for me for sure.
3: Oh yeah, that's a. I mean, luckily we all still love playing those songs.
0: <laughs> <because> right, we, <laughs> that's good. Do,
3: yeah, we still do play them, I and they're really fun. And we just kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. We've never, I don't think there's ever been a show where we haven't played that song.
1: Right, I guess, I guess, probably want to just kind of see. Um, obviously, after comfort, distraction, kind of you down, you know, you down tools as a band a bit um for a few years until you picked things up recently um kind of how did that come about um you know how was how was it for you guys
3: yeah it was um after that record came out we toured a little bit we did one european tour with narwolves and great cynics which was really fun
0: oh yeah i saw you on that tour i saw the kingston show fighting Cocks. i think i was
3: yeah yeah that was a good time i mean that was a that was a weird time though like uh personally for me i was just like in the the deepest darkest depths of depression i've ever been in and during that time and i was like we were all sharing a van you know all three bands were sharing a van and it was just party mode good times vibes except for me in the front seat just reading and being a shithead um so that was, that was weird. I wish I could go back and redo that one, honestly, because uh, that was such a good group of people to be surrounded by. I was just in a weird headspace. And I think after that tour and after that record cycle, it was pretty short. Um, it, was, it felt just natural for us to slow way down. And, and uh, we all kind of went our separate ways, not in a conscious decision uh, way, it was just more of like, all right, we're slowing down and we're going to focus on other things in our lives and get get organized. Um, and uh, we did. And we spent a few years just uh, playing shows whenever people would ask us to. You know, we never broke up. A lot of yeah. people thought we did. Um, we would still get together at least every few months and play and, um, you know, play a show every once in a while on the West Coast but we did one west coast tour in 2015 with success which was pretty fun um you know we've done some like dates on the west coast right. with men's and stuff yeah. but uh <clears throat> you know nothing heavy like we used to and i think that um it was really good and healthy for us to do that and when it was time for us to come back it was really when josh started getting um motivated he he got yeah. me he got me motivated for sure. He he started writing songs, um, and encouraging me to write songs, and uh, and then once we you know once we had a, a handful of them, we were like, oh shit, I guess we're gonna make a record.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when 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 did you start to kind of rekindle that then? When when did that kick off? Uh, uh,
3: the songwriting hard to say. I was I could I would say maybe three four years ago. It was a okay. while. Um, we were, you know, we were, uh, I would say probably 2016, maybe, um, 2017.
1: Okay. So we not were... that long of a gap then, I guess, really, when you when you say it like that, I guess. Um, yeah, it just seemed up.
3: like it. It was a relatively long gap. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I suppose when you spend, like, pretty much <laughs> sharing vans and, and whatnot, I guess, yeah, that time away probably feels like forever, right?
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: Did um yeah. did you were you guys still kinda of close or did you kind of detach and just get away from it from each other a bit kinda of, during those kind of uh, few years? We
3: were we were still we were all really good friends still. Um, you know, there was definitely never any like weirdness. It was just yeah. uh <laughs> Josh and Adam have families and um you know, and I was working in Portland and living um just doing Doing my own thing, kind of bouncing around. I lived with my sister for a while until I met the woman who uh, I ended up marrying, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we all just kind of focused on our personal lives for a few years. And then when it was time to start writing again, it felt it felt normal and natural, and we were coming up with the best stuff we'd done. So, we're like this just makes sense, you know. Um, but I I probably wouldn't have just started making another record unless josh would have been like hey let's do this
1: yeah so i guess when did when when did that turn into um a kind of re- recording studio and stopped st- i guess the live shows more than anything really is, i guess you know you can i guess write and especially with with the tools uh, you know available to to you now you can kind of work through the kind of songwriting and recording and what have you but when did you decide right we're gonna go and take some of this on the road and get back into the the you know the, the kind of touring side of things
3: i think it was when we decided that we were going to make a record that we knew that we weren't gonna find a label unless we were willing to go out and play some shows you know um at least that was, that was our thought behind it and uh when we started talking to red scare they were toby was really cool and he was like hey i You can play as many shows as you want to. I'm not going to go, you know, set a quota for you to go reach or anything like that. Like, uh, you you do you. And we're going to... And that's pretty much what we're going to do. We're just going to do the tours that make sense to us and that look fun. And uh, and we're very lucky. We know that, like, we have killer opportunities because we have good friends, you know. Like, the Flatliners tour was really... That came together because... Just from talking with Chris, you know. And he... Mm -hmm. He, it's because we've been friends with those guys for years and years. And and that's really how a lot of cool things that came about for us came about in the first place. It was just like, hey, talking to somebody, you know, networking and not really, but not like in eh, a gross way. Where it's like, a, hey, what do you got going on <laughs> next spring? You know? let's, let's hang out for a few weeks.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I suppose we've seen, I mean, we've had quite a few guests on here from kind of bands from, you know, the kind of early mid-2000s who have kind of had that resurgence and, you know, still can, still can I guess, make time to, you know, to tour and to put music together whilst, you know, dealing with their normal lives that they're they're kind of living now. And it's really, I guess it's great for for the likes of us to be able to um, reconnect with, with, you know, kind of those old bands and, See them live. It's like it's it's great, you know.
3: One thing that we learned when we toured with the Bouncing Souls in 2009 is that they they don't do anything longer than like two weeks without taking like a week off, you know, or right. two or three weeks. Of that. And that's just because they need that balance with their with their home life. And uh, and now that makes total sense to us, you know. And it's like, yeah, that's the way to do it. Just. You gotta have balance you can't get burnt out. we can't do the six week tours like we used to because that's it doesn't make sense for us anymore
1: well hopefully it'll not be too long till we uh we see you back over here uh, yeah obviously i you know you've done done your fair share of Europe anyway I guess but um i guess I guess that opens more doors for you in the future, doesn't it right in, in yeah we of- we
3: haven't been there since. 2013 so it's <laughs> we're really we were really looking forward to this Flatliners tour so oh, it's pretty no. it's a bummer oh, no. um, but we'll be back yeah we'll get over there eventually
0: uh, have, you, have you been back over this way like just in your personal life outside of the band at all or has it literally been since you were here with the band
3: no 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 not at all um, that's one thing that about being in this band is I, well, I, I would have never been able to have any traveling opportunities like I did right, without right. it you know um and uh so yeah we were definitely really excited to go uh, so we'll we'll get over there as soon as we can you
0: know i don't know how much time you have ty but like uh we, you know we could we could probably wrap this up fairly soon but we just kind of we, we had some sort of like quick fire questions yeah. like uh my wife um, has got,
1: my wife has got me scheduled for a, a quiz a virtual zoom quiz with friends <laughs> at uh it's
0: 7.30 our time. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever you need. Yeah, Zoom quizzes are the way to go these days. Um, yeah, yeah, so if that's cool with you, we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll shoot these last few questions at you and then let you get on with, well, I suppose your day because it'll be late morning for you or mid-morning for you, I guess. Yeah, totally. Right
3: yeah, my my dog will be ready to go play remember, as soon as we're done
0: with this. <laughs> Bit of a cliche question, but I always find this interesting asking bands. If you could pick like what one band that you've toured with that was your favorite who would it be
3: Oof, that's tough um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with uh (laughs) okay so i'm gonna go with the
0: cobra starship
3: yeah Uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go the descendants i mean they took us nice they took us like out of just because we I asked Bill if we could go, basically, I was like, "Hey, can we go to Japan with you?" And he and they took us. <laughs> wow! <from> it. <laughs> <You know what laughs> me? So it's like, so that's like some crazy magic shit that you know doesn't isn't supposed to happen. Um, they they've always been so cool to us, and uh, and they've given us some really cool shows to play with them. So, uh, how did you I, find Japan? Oh, uh, it's incredible yeah i i would love to go back um we, we we've been really lucky we got to go over there twice the first time by ourselves played a music festival and some and like our own show and it was really fun you know that second time was with uh descendants and it was insanity you know it was it was surreal
0: amazing the the, the big there's a big audience for 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 your kind of music out there i guess well it certainly was i assume there still is to an extent
3: yeah it's so fun to play so fun to play out there
0: what about this one um often artists kind of dodge around this question so so we won't blame you if you do but what's your least favorite band you've toured with or (laughs) or contenders for it
3: damn i wish i could i mean we did warp tour so that was like (laughs) just full of them you know that was that was, (laughs) that i couldn't even list all of them it was uh like you know there was 80 bands a day and i liked maybe five of them you know it was, it was <laughs> rough but yeah I, I don't know the specifics i i can't think of i can't think of a specific band because I, I, you know i blocked it out it was, it was yeah of someone. course
0: and, and of course this can be interpreted as least favorite like musically wise you might like them as people or just the biggest pricks that you talked with you know but of course you don't we, we, we you don't have to name and shame people you
3: know no no we did this one tour uh it was so cool we did this tour Streetlight street Line manifesto and oh, yeah. which we you know were not a sky band i didn't know anything about them i'm not i didn't i didn't have any history of that band but they're beloved by a lot of people and yeah uh, and this other band that we were on tour with I can't remember what they were called right now, but it's easy to look up. (laughs) (laughs) They're like some weird corporate rock band that that got the spot um, because they were on some major label and they had been uh, produced by like Tom Morello or some crazy shit. And uh, they were on that. That was weird. That was a weird one. God damn it. I can't remember their name, but it it was funny. Leather pants. They were leather pants.
2: Nice.
3: Well,
1: <laughs> not nice at all. Horrific. Cool. Um, I guess. I guess a question around what what you're what you're listening to at the moment. What what's what's your kind of quarantine playlist? Um, and what I guess what's your anything you are watching at the moment as well whilst in quarantine? Any what kind of thing are you into at the moment? Um,
3: I've been listening to a lot of uh, Bob Seger. Um, okay. The, the the play or the uh, soundtrack to once upon a time in Hollywood really hooked me um I don't know if you guys have seen that movie but uh, I've, I haven't you, seen it yet no.
0: It
3: takes place in 1969 so the whole soundtrack is from that year and it is it's killer uh, if you're into Neil Diamond and and just huge you know um, <laughs> huge pop songs uh, that's been good a lot of Beach boys lately um, we just got done finished watching that movie love and mercy i don't know if you've seen that um about no, no. brian wilson really cool yeah, story. yeah i'm aware of it but i haven't seen it it's sad it's tragic uh but it's also beautiful um paul giamatti is such a good actor that you just hate him in this movie it's it's great oh, really? okay yeah
0: okay yeah no he is a great actor yeah so
3: i don't know just i've been trying to keep it mellow um you know <laughs> the the sounds of the beach boys and the the 60s i don't know we've been i listened to uh i listen to some punk playlists that uh my friends make but um other than that nothing really uh nothing brand new that's
0: any bands good. that stood out to you on those lists on those playlists there's a
3: band called uh, there's a hardcore band from brooklyn i think called show me the body that i got into last year really okay. cool um really weird uh, not you know I don't I'm not familiar with any other kind of hardcore that sounds like them. They kind of remind me of vocally. They have, I mean, vocally at times the guy almost sounds like Tim Armstrong to me. It's interesting, okay. but it, they're definitely a hardcore band. And uh, and I think the singer plays banjo, plugged into a pedal board. And I know that sounds really <laughs> bad, but, but it's not. In a hardcore band, you that gotta, sounds
0: interesting. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's you gotta check them out. Show me the body.
0: Um, I think I think that's unless there's anything from Munich, I guess we're just about down. Um By the way, was that band called Alter National that you were refer- reference? That's, the that's them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just googled that tour. Yeah, they 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 look like I've never heard of them. They look like an interesting bunch. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's one of
3: those bands that you just you don't remember until somebody asks you about them. I'm like what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think the likelihood of them listening to this show is probably pretty mi- minimal. So yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but mate, we, we want to thank you so much for for giving us some time um, on yeah. this Saturday. It's been been a pleasure talking to you, and just uh, obviously, as I said before, it's a shame that we didn't. We're not doing this in the Airbnb that Nick and I hired by the venues in Manchester. But you know, maybe next year.
3: Definitely, yeah, um, yeah. We'll see you guys as soon as possible thanks
0: for letting awesome. me do this cool Thanks so much Ty. nice right. one take All care tight thank you for listening if you liked what you heard we'd love it if you could subscribe to us uh wherever you get your podcast whether that's itunes or spotify or stitcher or any anywhere like that Also, check us out on social media. If if you just search for Wasting Time Podcast on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, give us a like or a follow on any of those. And also, we love hearing from listeners as well. So uh, feel free anytime to drop us an email at thewastingtimepodcast at gmail.com. Or obviously, you can message us on social media as well. But um, yeah, we'll catch you next time.
2: And we'll sing all of our best say,